0: Jackson ripped it out of the air, action, Jackson, shows us what he's got in his bag of tricks. Come on, the third, Petrarca, he broke away from a couple of them, had an eternity, got it the and they got away with it. Pickett crumbs it, went between them, and kicks one of the goals of the season.
1: Hello and welcome to Attention to Detail, the podcast for D's fans by D's fans as we hold on for dear life aboard the roller coaster ride that is barracking for the Melbourne Football Club. So this episode, as always, is brought to you by our fantastic sponsor, Hop Hen Brewing in Lillardale. Make sure you get down there to taste their delicious brews, grab yourself a pizza, we you can find their beers in any great local bottle shop. So Hop Hen Brewing, make sure you check them out. Uh, you can see our Facebook page for their details. My name is Tim Simo, welcome mate, round two, the Ds are 2-0, and we are back on, well, we were never off track, we are on track to complete our repeat of the premiership season, we're uh, yeah, after a pretty gritty win against a spirited Gold Coast side mate, but first of all, how are you going? How's Doing the weekend well, been? Well. You pulled Weekend's up for footy on, right? Man. Pulled up from yeah, footy pulled okay? pulled alright this time, <laughs> yeah, a
0: uh, little, little roll of the ankle which is a bit frustrating but it'll be alright and... Uh, the blisters are always the early season uh, blisters across the preseason. You try and, try and get your feet a bit stronger, but, no, nah, she's all right. Um, the second skin is definitely coming in handy at the moment, um, just to make sure <laughs> I can uh, walk slash run and, and yeah. still do my job and everything. So, no, nah, it's been good, mate. It was um, uh, good to kick a couple of goals as well while playing on the weekend. So, Very good. Yeah, hopefully uh, that transfer transfers to some actual in-season snags and good play.
1: And just to clarify, what what position are you playing at the moment on field? Where are you? Um,
0: well, across the preseason, I'm kind of going between all three lines. Um, well, last week I was actually playing on ball slash forward, but uh, more of a forward uh, hit up player, rolling up to the contest, kind of acts as like a fifth or sixth midfielder, which is pretty cool. So yeah, nice. Um, yeah, kind of like a hybrid forward, which kind of you know can play that mid size forward as well. Kind of like a Bailey Fridge, mate. Very very versatile very versatile yeah that's what we're that's what we're for
1: <laughs> and if there's anyone else there that comes down uh or sorry comes up against up way keep a uh, keep an eye out for old simo there on the field no it's that's good mate great. it's uh it's nice it's been it's been good i'm out of well, my family's out of lockdown now it's been nice to sort of get that thing out of the way and sort of get sort of back to some sort of normality and, and getting back to work and as you know it, it does take a little bit to get your brain back working and and whatnot but it's been yeah it's been good to have the weekend to relax and watch some footy and yeah it's been a pretty pretty amazing weekend of footy actually and even starting with not a Melbourne related topic but Friday night and unfortunately coming <laughs> coming out of coming out of lockdown and coming going two days back to work stuck the footy on Friday night I was in bed watching and watching the first quarter and saw Buddy kick his first goal and I thought oh yeah you know, it's a good chance here, and then I fell asleep. <laughs> woke up, woke <laughs> yeah. up at like eleven p.m. to like messages from mates saying, "You know, oh, yeah, turn the TV on now." He's, he's about to kick it, and I'm thinking, "Shit, I've missed it." So like, I had to I had to watch the bloody, you know, a magic moment in history of um, one of the greatest players to play the game, kick his thousandth goal, and had to watch it on replay, unfortunately. But yeah, what a what a moment, and oh, what a what a hectic. Hectic scenes it was at the SCG, but yeah, what was your take on that, mate? You, were you watching it?
0: I was watching it. It was an incredible game. I actually really fear Sydney. I reckon they're going to be, you know, thereabouts. So I think top four potential definitely. Um, it was it was a moment which I don't think we might have we might even see in our lifetime again, just because of the, you know the new day and age. I mean, you know, now time hundred goals. I think we even said this last week. It's kind of like sixty or seventy in a year. So. Yeah, trying to get a thousand goals in a career, that'd be pretty pretty amazing. The the circumstance with Buddy kicking a thousand goals and seeing what, what we saw. It went worldwide, mate. It was it was incredible just to hear just even people that were outside of football just being able to say, like, you know, that moment was intense. That's incredible, you know, being able to rush onto the field like it was in the old days and everything it was yeah, it was exceptional to watch and you know, I thought it was really funny actually. Um, I don't know if you saw, but Chad Warner and or found themselves outside the gates, yeah, outside I the grounds. I thought that. that was an absolute piss-up. Yeah. Oh. Um, I was like, how the, how the hell did they get there? Few interesting, um, few interesting takes oh, on that whole there's thing. There's a lot of it? things. And then, oh, even on the radio, listen on the radio today about... Um, the commentators take on you know all the people touching buddy's head and how well buddy took it. And, you know he was he was lapping it up and then you know there had to be a point after a couple of minutes thinking like get me the hell out of here yeah 100 percent of
1: oh, but... you had somebody pouring ashes onto the <laughs> oh, ground you had oh, zach to shirt fighting, like running oh, straight through him yeah. it was all sorts of things i Like, genuinely watching the replay, and whilst it wasn't live, but I felt anxious for him. Like, to have that sort of mob, that horde of people running at you, like, it just would have been... If you're an anxious person, or you you wouldn't have to be claustrophobic, he handled it really, really well. Obviously, mm-hmm. celebrated and enjoyed the moment. There's some absolutely amazing photos. Uh, Michael C. Wilson, that does a lot of the photography for the AFL, took some absolute mm-hmm. um, stunners that are up on Instagram and on on the website as well too. And yeah, just a huge moment. It was interesting to hear that. Comparing, as you said, like we're probably not going to see that feat achieved again, probably in the modern game. And it was interesting to see comparing uh, Tom Hawkins, who you you think about the current spearheads that are still playing. And, you know, Hawkins has played 300 odd games, and I think he's only about 17 less than what Buddy has. And he's probably as close for like to like who's been a dominant forward for the last decade, really, or, or, you know, eight, eight or so years. And he's on 669 goals. So you just sort of see the difference there. Like for somebody that's been around a similar amount of time than what Buddy has. And you would think that he's probably somebody that would be kicking multiple amounts of goals weeks on end. Uh, he's still three hundred odd off that mark, and and, and unfortunately, I, I would say that he's pretty safe bet not to get to the thousand mark. But yeah, interesting to sort of compare those two careers for somebody that's you know not a completely different style of forward. That I thought that was an interesting stat to read as well.
0: And look, do you know what? There's a lot, as you say, there's been a lot happening. I mean, to be able to have two wins, and then even the women's team, you know, ready to kick off in a in you know in a week's time, where they can, you know, potentially find themselves in a grand final, and you know, be surging for us to go one two. It would be um, pretty cool to see.
1: Well, I know that they're taking the field on the second of April at the MCG, so they're facing off against Brisbane. Yeah, it'll be be an absolutely huge game for for people in Melbourne to go and witness uh, and to be in the stands and watch it and what will be, yeah, a very successful six months of footy for the Melbourne Football Club in its entirety. So, yeah, Uh, also had Casey's first game was played today. Um, Absolutely smashed Sandringham. We had Mitch Brown kicking seven. Um, Van Ruin, your boy. Kicking three goals and looking pretty impressive in his first game for for the club, while um, Luke Dunstan was pretty busy in the middle. He had 26, oh, sorry, twenty five touches and kicked a goal as well too, whilst laying a few tackles. So yeah, great start by the twos there. And and, and again, it's interesting. Like we obviously had this problem with the back line or you know, had these injuries that we've been having to fill, fill these spots coming through. And we've been putting in players that, yeah, haven't so much played a lot of footy. So now that the VFL season is underway, it'll be interesting to see what sort of players come knocking on the doors and start pushing for selection now that that's all started. But it's great to see that that system is obviously really clear and coherent between the ones and twos. And yeah, it'll be really interesting to see hopefully a really successful VFL season for the Casey Demons as well.
0: Tell you what mate, Mitch Brown kicking seven, does that uh does that give the Melbourne, does it give Goody a little bit of perspective about what could happen, you know, what would, you know, could he flow in? But you know, what's interesting is, you know, Bailey Fritz has had two really quiet weeks, but you know, he's one of those players that could really bob up and hit scoreboard pretty heavy. I think Fritz kicked three goals in his two games, but has only had, you know, half a dozen disposals in each. So, you know, I think it could set a pretty big firecracker under Frida, hopefully, because then he can come out and obviously, you know, start getting involved a little bit more. So putting pressure and having, you know, VFL back is huge for the players to maintain. Obviously, with last year, pretty hot for spots, you know, being able to, you know, have, I mean, not have much of a season and these VFL games are going to be very important, um, more so to just be knocking on the door and, give us extra avenues, you know, if things do, you know, if things do fall down, you know, what can we do as a backup plan? Yeah, it's cool to see. And, yeah, my boy Van Roonen, I think he's going to be a player, kicking three, which was pretty handy. And, you know, it would be interesting to see um, the stats for Weeds too. I mean, it would be really interesting. We're watching him pretty closely this year, Weeds. I think it's a tough one because I don't think Tom McDonald's, a sure thing at the moment, I I don't think he's playing his best footy and, you know what we saw, and more so the first probably two thirds of last year, he was dominating. He was back to you know 2018 T Mac. He was, you know, he was kicking multiple goals. But now he's you know, he, probably, he plays his role, but he's you know he's not really wowing you know anyone. He's you know he went back and there was a you know, yeah. it's good swing there was there, a lot but.
1: asked of him on the weekend. I think playing, you know, he was swung forward and back. He started back and then you know ended up playing some forward as well too. So. Difficult difficult decision, I think, and, and sort of same with Fred. I think you go with the boys that you trust at the moment, but yeah, of course, it's going to, going to get to a point where you're going to go with who's in form and whether it's your Mitch Brown, whether it's Weeds, if there's another Ford that they think, you know what, we want to get a look in and just see what this looks like because as, as the season progresses, you don't know. As you said, you don't know what's going to happen and it gives you some options later down the track to sort of say what, what sort of looks can you get with a different sort of forward line, but I don't think, yeah... I can't see any of them kicking anyone out just yet. I don't know, not not after the first couple of rounds. So, last little bit of news before we move on to the game. Uh, Christian Salem, injury status has been updated, I suppose, and confirmed. So he didn't have that chipped cartilage in his knee. He's had a procedure on it. Unfortunately, he's going to be out to up to eight weeks, which is yeah a fair stint thinking about it, it's almost a third well it's a third of the season but it looks like we've got a couple of players that could be slotting into his role very nicely that we're definitely going to touch on later so yeah good luck to sail in his recovery we definitely miss him he's such a huge cog in our back line and such an important part of why we won the premiership last year so we're really keen to see him get back on track which would be fantastic all right simo well saturday night late start for the game up at Metricon. Mm really hot, greasy conditions, you know, pretty humid up there. It's like 28 degrees all day and it was still pretty mild at about 22 23 degrees and sitting at 10.30 PM at night. And you could certainly see the, certainly see the moisture on the pill and and saw some of those skills that were probably not quite up to the scratch that we would be used to. But yeah, interesting game. We talked about it last week about going in and, and respecting your opponent and Gold Coast had a really good victory last week they're one of those sides that generally start off the season's actually pretty well like mm. they they've got a bit of a knack of, of knocking off you know a couple of scalps early on and and then kind of as the season progresses they kind of fall off so they again like they started the started the game really well and kind of caught us off guard a little bit with a what 15 point lead pretty early on but honestly should have been at least four goals up they missed some opportunities as well too. it was um interesting to see them get the jump on us when you know Historically, in the last well, last week, say historically, you know, last week we, we were talking about how great our start was against the doggies. But yeah, what did you make of the uh, of the first, at least the first part of the game, mate? What were your initial reactions?
0: Uh, I, I don't know. I just think we were kind of sort of playing them out. And I, I just think Gold Coast were just harder at the contest earlier on. That's why they, you know, got some ascendancy on the scoreboard. It was one of those things where I don't know if we're going through the motions or just just sort of just playing the game as we feel. I don't know what it really come down to. Well, I mean, it's, I mean you can look at multiple things, but I suppose when you're just playing that surge footy, I know Took Miller and Matty Riau got a jump on us pretty early, and you know for a, Took Miller to have 17 in the first quarter, you know they're going to get some ascendancy on the scoreboard, and yeah, if we if our main major bowl winners aren't getting much of it, especially in the first 10, 15, they were all over us in terms of possession, but. Obviously, you know, across the game we started to show that up and, you know, our boy Track got back on top and, you know, to have another 41, he's, he's pretty much at eight, 80 disposals and, you know, two goals in the last, in the first two rounds. So, you know, at the end of the day, it was just, just getting the job done, which we, you know, we spoke about a lot last week against the lower-ranked sides. I mean, sometimes, you know, you can, your skill level can come down to theirs. It's just a matter of the game. And four points is four points. We move on to next week, which is... You know, going to be a pretty awesome game, and under the blockbuster Friday night,
1: definitely was. I think it was one of those games where, yeah, we're obviously challenged at the start, and I think it took a little bit for us to get going. But once we got on top, I think our our skill and our class and our our polish. In certain areas of the game certainly sort of outshone i, th- I think that they really matched us with their intensity and you sort of talked about they're they're quite a renowned contested ball team and, and they've got some great inside midfielders you talk about rowling talk about miller who can get a lot of the ball and they did you think about that first quarter i mean most of the ball lived in their half for the first almost 15 minutes I mean, we didn't get a goal until the six minute mark with well, six minutes to go for the for the game so we joked about last week about getting our hands on the footy it was exactly that story and the i think the athleticism of chole and casbolt down forward i think was something that i think really challenged us at times i think they managed to get just had that aerial advantage over some of our defenders where like we've got an outstanding defense but also at the same time we were yeah out shown i think at times where child looked pretty dangerous casbolt who Mm. you know again super glue on his hands mate he was absolutely marking everything we know what his kicking's like but he was absolutely marking everything (laughs) and looked I don't know about you, but he looks a bit slimmer. I reckon he must have lost a couple of kilos. I know he's got—he's certainly got a little bit longer hair, which which always helps there. But you know, he's looking pretty good, and I think will be a great sort of addition to that side for when, uh, unfortunately, for Ben King and not not being there, but could have almost played that second fiddle role to take a, a really good defender and hopefully still have some damage up forward. But other than that they didn't have a whole lot of a forward line to kick to in terms of targets you know playing lococious you know deep forward which didn't really work you know he's still a pretty small body as well too so yeah d's found a way to win as you said we got the job done and at this stage of the season you're not like last year i mean we weren't to think that we we're going to to continue on to win nine in a row but the, our, our early games last year weren't all pretty of course like it's just a matter of banking these wins and hopefully getting that start and making sure we, we keep our momentum up and just finding a way to win however it was I think our young players as well tonight really uh, tonight Saturday really stepped up as well too you know talk about the inclusion of Rivers coming back in I think you know Bowie who I'm sure we'll talk about later on uh, had an outstanding game you know even little things from James Jordan Tom Sparrow just some little efforts from there I think when you think about the average age and our our leaders of the game, and but also the young crew that are actually starting to come through, I thought they really stepped up as well too. And again, that was yeah certainly a little bit scrappier than what we'd be normally used to. But in the end, we got the win. It's probably a little bit closer than we might have thought. I think both sides again missed some opportunities, but thirteen point victory at the end of the night. And yeah, we now move our focus to Essendon in round three. Lots of things to love about the game. We're going to cover that in our next section, credit to the boys.
0: Back into the game, so uh, it's real credit to the boys. And... Um, I think it was on uh, all of us to step up and, and you know, really lead from the front, and I thought we did that all day, so... We want to play our way. Just go after the boys. Well, mate, I think the big, biggest credit has to go to our unicorn, Mr. Luke Jackson. I'll tell you what, mate, he was exceptional. Last night, coming off with 21 disposals and 11 tested. Following along with that was seven clearances, 16 hitouts, and two goals. I tell you what, mate, he was just the perfect player last night. He was doing it all, ground level and the yeah, air. His ruck work was superb, and even you know when Gorni wasn't at his best, I thought last night I feel he just completely stepped it up. And you know that's exactly you know the perfect thing Gorni even said after the game. He said got my partner a crime at. If I'm, if I'm down, you know, I've got him to come in, which was, you know, pretty awesome to hear. And, you know, a lot of raps on Jacko and look, let's hope that that re-signing happens ASAP. Absolutely, mate. I I, I think we witnessed his best game for the club. I think uh, in a
1: four quarter effort, we know the impact that he had on the grand final and, and how he had that, sort of X-factor to change the momentum of that game. But yeah, this was pretty much from out of the gates straight away in that first quarter. Like really got us off to as much as the D struggled, like he was one of those turning points. And I think we talked about the athleticism of some of the Gold Coast um, and, you know, Jared Witt's extremely good ruckman and Maxie's talked about him in, in the past as being a really talented opposition and, and has really good duels and matchups with. But Jackson just seemed to go in there and absolutely doing everything. So not only winning the tap work, but then the follow-up work and then, his handballing is out of this world for Ruckman. I think that just the slickness of his hands, that like he does, he he molds into another one of those midfielders. But he's just as quick as Clario track when he's on the hands and he's handballing it to space where people are running into. And I know you're messaging me, like obviously I had to watch the replay because I was out on the Saturday night. But I think just watching it then and there and, and watching it with your own eyes, you're like, far out. This kid, like we've known, we we, we know the hype about him. D's fans know how good he is, but watching that was just him taking that next step, I think, and and being able to impact all the way around the ground. I thought we talked about handballs, but yeah, his hit-outs to advantage, I think the ruck work really changed... Change the uh, momentum of the game because we were down in clearances early. We spoke about last week about clearances being an issue, but then we ended up getting up on clearances by the end of the game, which I thought was was really handy as well. And Maxi certainly had some good r- ruck work, but yeah, I don't think it, it certainly wasn't his night. I think uh, he had a few things go against him in that in that game. And and as as you mentioned, as you pointed out, to have his partner in crime there and Jacko, who's just the jack of all trades, uh, is very exciting. And yeah, hopefully we can get that um, I love that little uh, that little sneaky uh, ad lib by track in the interview there like pointing out to the uh, list manager Tim Lamb to get it signed, hurry up. <laughs> that was great. That. that was so, awesome. Um, yeah. I tell you what also that really impressed me is that I don't think I think we're now you think about Jared Witz, how strong he is and Troll who's an aerobic beast you know last year might have seen him get uh get monstered a little bit just physicality wise like being mm-hmm. um outmaneuvered just by pure strength now we're not seeing that he's he's absolutely matching it he's overpowering his opponents and it's only his third year. am i right third year yeah his third year in in the game and he's just now like 21 years old and an absolute beast and they talked about it on the on the uh, broadcast Hasn't lost any of his agility. So you think about putting on size. Sometimes it can slow you down. It can slow some of your instincts and all those sorts of things. Hasn't hampered him at all, which has been, yeah, absolutely enormous. So yeah, can't wait to watch this kid grow and grow and watching him play in the red and blue for a very
0: long time. I think the biggest one, or oh, another one that we can really talk about, and you know, we, we talk about the recruiters, but probably, probably what you were trying to look for. <laughs> but um, <laughs> so we talk about. This man that you know he still hasn't lost a game, and that, that guy's Jake Bailey. Now Jake Bailey's game, I don't, has he, I don't think he's earned a nab rising star award. He could have potentially made one, but I tell you what, if he doesn't get it this think, week, then yeah, I don't know I what don't he's... I don't think so. You're missing Salem. You're gonna, you know, you're to find a distributor off the back, and it's it, se- it seems to me like you know he started. St- we're starting to look for him because for one, he's a great user of the footy. You know, he's come out and he's had 34 touches. This is like a. This is is a kid that's played nine games of footy team. Nine games of footy, comes out, has 34, 24 kicks. No losses. No losses, doesn't (laughs) lose. He's starting to grow some comparisons to young Caleb, or to the small Caleb Daniel, isn't he? Just I think just his cleanliness and his ability to find a target and find a mark is exceptional. But also his ground ball, I don't know how, all because the ground the ball was living on the ground. And I think just the way he mopped up across halfback was just exceptional. And it, it, it comes to these players, these young core and these depth players to be able to pick up the slack. And I tell you what, Bowie's is really starting to grow. You know that confidence in his game. And I mean, you know how how couldn't you when you win a flag after playing seven games of footy? But you know the the words we voice of him now. He's uh, he's really establishing himself, isn't he?
1: He is, uh, yeah. He's a budding star down there, and I think we last week we touted like Brayshaw as being that potential stopgap for Sailor when we weren't quite sure how long he's going to be out. Mm-hmm. And Brayshaw obviously played a, a really good game also on the weekend. But Bowie, yeah, I think his his class and and his his IQ on the ground. He's just always making really good decisions, and we know that's why they drafted him. That's what they targeted for him, and. Hence, why he got a game in a Melbourne side that was absolutely stacked last year and hasn't left it since. And, you know, unfortunately, at that stage, was sort of replacing Jaden Hunt and and coming in and just having a huge impact on that team. And Grebble gets was something that the whole team did really well on um, mm, on okay. the night. And as you said, with a slippery ball and the ball that lived on the deck a lot, extremely clean hands and there was only one blemish and I, it sort of just comes to mind because i think he handballed to rivers at one point in the third uh it's either the late third or early the fourth quarter and rivers was about to get crunched and that's the only thing i can think about uh, from <laughs> from barry's outstanding game because he had those you know an absolutely um there was one where gold coast were coming off half back and, and and moving the ball forward and he had this deflection and you know just like little things like that that he knows where his teammates are like he's just makes the perfect decisions all the time and just so clean with the ball i think he's he's almost it's got to be close up there with our best field kick and yeah can't wait to see this kid continue to grow on as well so and i think that back line and it's been a topic of conversation the last couple of weeks you mentioned it before we had uh not only be we play well but i think the whole back line given you almost call them the replacements for some of them but players that have played there before but i, I think that they did a terrific job for, again, only playing their second game, really, and Rivers coming back as well, which was really great, but but to still develop some cohesion between them because they haven't played a lot of footy altogether as a defensive unit, I thought were really good. I thought Stephen May was incredible. Uh, I thought that he had some really good one-on-one contests, although he did spoil the ball a couple of times right back into the corridor, which I know you and me absolutely hate. He's given them a couple of double-fisters. I thought... Tomlinson was also really good, and <laughs> neither of those two, May and Tomlinson, did not come off the ground at all as well too. So I thought uh, Smithy did another good job again. His athleticism was on show uh, at times, it was showing up a little bit when playing on, you know, one of those two out of Cholo or Casbolt that sort of we touched on earlier. But in the end, like Gold Coast could only score thirty-two percent out of. All of their inside 50s, they only managed to create a score 32% of the time. So that's incredible. Like last year, I think we were sitting at about 35% top of the league. Uh, that was, you know, our bread and butter. We we really stingy defence. Uh, we weren't letting teams score against us. And last night was another show of that. Uh, in in a game where you know there seemed to be some spurts of scoring from both sides as well too. So I thought our whole defensive unit, Jake Bowie, obviously outstanding, but I thought our whole defensive unit was fantastic last night. For the players that we're missing. But it's still great to see that we can put these players in the system and continue to execute their role and and, and play their part for the team and, and get a win on the board.
0: Exactly, man. Another thing to like, a big credit goes to Track doubling up, uh, playing another incredible game. Probably another three Brownlow votes coming his way. You know, stacking up against, you know, you've got other players around the league that have had two big games. Paddy Cripps, Lockie Neal to say to, to, to say a couple. So Track is in definitely in the same same boat as them. I've heard, um, I've
1: heard, heard the heard the term "best player in the competition" being floated around a well, couple of times I've around also, different players. Don't you reckon? <laughs> like they talked about it on Thursday with Cripps and like he does look really good. But oh, I mean, we spoke about how good track
0: was last week. He is the I best think, player. In the I thought. think, yeah. Well, if you look at it this way, I mean, I mean, uh, Patty Cripps' game on uh, Thursday night was incredible. But I think just. Just the both or even both of these players combined the two. They've just got such an uncanny knack to, you know, hit the scoreboard. I think well Paddy Cripps kicked five goals in two weeks. I mean Petrarca kicked a couple of points, but you know, he still looks like he's gonna score and like he can rip a side apart. I mean, this is actually a really interesting one. about four years ago I remember a really unselfish track. He would, you know, he'd be in scoring distance, but he'd look to pass it off and just completely butcher it. I don't know how often you saw that, but he was one that was too unselfish. But now I think he's getting a really good balance there and, you know, actually starting to really make full use of his disposal. I mean, you look at his disposal, he had 40 touches, you know, 40-odd touches, you know, up around 800 metres game. He had 900 or around 900 last week. He's just... He's just a beast. Or oh, 14 inside 50s. Like that yardage game is huge, especially in the wet. Yeah. Um, last night, it, was, it It just makes it makes for just an incredible player. And you know that that does mold. You know the likes of Dustin Martin. You know his Brownlow. You know Brownlow tenure. He's you know he's a line breaker. He's an absolute yardage player and you know we can only generate scores another credit goes to sorry i was just gonna say he's untouchable like as in like how many players tried to tackle him like i know
1: how greasy it was and, and whatnot but we've we've talked about how like his balance his center of gravity is just absolutely amazing and that like he never really ever gets taken down and there was countless times last night where he was just busting through packs there was one instance where he's he's literally busted through two packs of tackles just to get the ball free like just an absolute beast and again we we <laughs> I mean, we don't know how much tagging is going on in the competition. We talk about it last night. Like, why aren't you putting to someone like? None. Was was there a game plan, Stewie? jew like were you going after Oliver and just letting track go? You know, even Oliver had a decent game. I think Oliver's another point of conversation. I think sort of had a little bit of a quieter start or been overshadowed a little bit by our other mm. superstars. But I think for him to I feel continue like he's to have wearing that... it. Sorry,
0: I can I can close is wearing it a bit. I think they're putting in a fair bit of attention, yeah. to, which is really interesting considering. Yeah. You know, well, I mean, the bull's pretty hard to stop. That's for sure. You know, he he's, it doesn't look like teams have put a whole heap into it, but you know, I think oh, nice. teams just don't know <laughs> what to do. It's like, you know, Dusty wasn't really tagable, apart from Michael. He would, I might add, yeah. what, Michael has done some good jobs on him. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, you're completely right. He's so hard to tackle, and I can only think of good things. And then he actually is the Brownlow favourite at the moment. So yeah, um, you put, a, you know, you put, on put any money? On so have you? Uh, no, I haven't yet. Um, we'll see. We'll yeah. see. It's just yeah, probably two. I was I was, I was probably, working yeah. out a little multi the other day. Actually, I was. I had Petrarca, Brownlow, and I had. What else I have I had rising star for Horn Francis because I think um, Dakos is just. Yeah, he's exploded to like two dollars or something and then um How did ben he play how cold. did he play yesterday? Horn Dacos. Francis or Dacos? Dacos, Dacos was twenty two touches but a low efficiency. So yeah, kinda yeah, irrelevant, kinda not really. But Horn Francis looked good against a depleted West Coast. Tell you what, that West Coast debacle, I tell you what. <laughs> holy mackerel, that's crazy yeah, stuff, that's for a, another time. Another anyway. World. That's it. Another world. Another yeah. world. But last thing I really want to touch on, a real credit goes to Cosy. I think Cosy's being a player, his pre-season games weren't amazing and his round one wasn't fantastic. But, you know, we know we know Cos internally. I mean, you can look at the stat sheet, but we know that Koz is providing, you know, exceptional pressure and, you know, sticking to his structure, especially off the ball. But I think just to get some reward, uh, you know, when he has it, I think he was able to get 13 or 14 touches and a couple of goals, which actually had him in a multi to have most most goals, which would have been Ooh. dividends. But... He was playing some good odds. He was paying about fourteen dollars for most goals, but it was really awesome to see that goal too, and sort of you know a bit of a firecracker in him. And hopefully, that can progress to some better play and some you know some reward for uh, for his effort defensively.
1: Yeah, and and we know that those those rewards they're, they're not extrinsically motivated in terms of getting goals on the ball. Like I think you and me spoke about, it might have been even pre-season. Sort of I think you might have been a little bit worried about, it, or sort of saying, yeah, what's what's happened to him, but. Are we just sort of having two higher standards? Of, and yeah, you're rocking the T-shirt tonight. But I think the team values his all of his efforts in that that pressure zone and in, in, inside fifty. And whilst he might not be always getting on the scoreboard, we know what he does, and he sort of he puts the fear in in uh, people's hearts when he comes running. And he had a couple of absolutely terrific chases as well, too. And almost again took another mark of the like contender like almost took another mark of the year contender as well too and he is going to hang on to them one of these days absolutely he has to Friday night it's coming Friday night Friday night yeah under the lights yeah and at the G in front of uh yeah what 70 odd thousand fans surely but no I thought it was outstanding and you can kind of tell any goals as sort of a bonus for him in in that sense but you can kind of tell it, it certainly spurns him on it gets it gets him into the game a little bit more. You can see how much he loves uh, that celebration and that sort of things as well, too. It's not not a selfish thing at all, but I think we've chatted about, again, his importance to get onto into the game early and how much that, that can give him that confidence to kind of sort of continue to roll forward. He's, yeah. And also, you know what? I've also noticed, is I think, and it's certainly something that he's tweaked with his tackling, and they brought it up on the broadcast as well, too, but I think he's getting a lot smarter. Like, obviously... When he's chasing somebody, it looks like he's going to absolutely kill them. But with his tackling technique, he's actually, I think, gotten a lot uh, a lot smarter in terms of not trying to um, dump them because I, in, in the past he's been, been pinged a few times for dangerous tackles and sling tackles. So mm. I think that's something that is certainly tweaked in his game and he yeah is becoming a much more effective tackler in that sense because he's not giving away those free kicks, which sometimes he would he would, he would would do and he's a young player and he's going to continue to learn. So you can't hold that against him. But no, great to see him uh, up and about. And yeah, those goals, that fantastic finish as well too was just... You know, spinning out of that pack from um, from the contest was, and kicking that ball from you know, almost the boundary. It was, yeah, got to be up there with goals of the round because, yeah, it was a great thing that we'd love to see him. Uh, we know what sort of talent he is in front of those sticks. And, yeah, great to see him hit the scoreboard on a night where, yeah, our, our key forwards didn't really have the have the impact. I think we only had six marks inside 50 you know Benny Brown got a couple of uh, key goals there and, and Frida but we, we didn't have yeah that sort of big presence up forward like what we did last week so no definitely keen to see more of Cozy like that and I'm sure we will for the rest of this season all right Simo, well we've talked about the things that we've loved during the game now we've got to touch on the things that we've got to work on in our next segment pretty pissed off
0: Pretty, I'm pretty pissed. I'm pretty pissed off still. Um, it's not good enough.
1: That's very unlike the way we've been playing, and something that we'll obviously review
0: and get better at. Uh, yeah, it's not. It's not good enough today. Um, this team, this club's got to start winning games.
1: A couple of things there. Again, one of those funny sort of games where we're sort of happy that the job's done, but there's always things that we could work on. What was the first thing that you noticed there that uh, the D's could certainly tidy up?
0: Well, there's two things I want to say here. Stopping, well, stopping a player is the biggest thing, and I think, well, I touched on before. Took Miller 17 in the first quarter. You think? Well, I mean, 17 in the first quarter, 38 for the game. I mean, 21 and three. He's still, you know, he's still having a fair bit of a say in the game, and uh, you know, well, Took Miller's an incredible runner, so you know, he's, he's he's going to be a hard player to tag, et cetera. Well, it's it's happening. It happened with McRae as well. It's it's somewhere down the line. You know, I mean, we look at the times where harmsy played that stop down, lockdown role, and it was awesome. Like he'd even get twenty himself. So you know, I think it could be cool to see us trialing some sort of that, just to really nullify. You know, the likes of your Crips. Yeah, I mean, Crips is pretty untaggable, but Lockie Neal as well. You know, really shutting out those type of players on the contest and. Well, we don't really have to worry about Zach Merritt this weekend, but we'll touch on that a little bit later yeah. on. But, yeah, um, you know, being able to stop like a stringer, you know, for instance. Um, but, again, touch on it later. Yeah. Um, but also a player, a rubbish player, which my, you know, my partner <laughs> has, a, has a lot to say. As we're not any of the rubbish. We're I'm sorry, but bagged. this... Okay, okay. Well, I'm pretty pissed off about it. Yeah, yeah, all right. Constantly seeing it, you know, being with the partner for five years now that she's just always had it in for Levi (laughs) Casbolt, And for Levi Casbolt to be clunking nine marks, kicking two, could have easily probably kicked four against us is just baffling. Like, I was just laughing at how poor that is. I mean, I don't know who exactly was playing on him, but you know, you touched on—he's looking pretty fit. I mean, he's got a new start. You know, it could be you know, a bit of a generator, but I tell you what—I love, loved seeing him spray one on the full. <laughs> cool. I tell you what—that is a Levi Casball of old, and yeah, I think I just yeah, sort of that sort of hit a little, hit a little. Uh, it must be hard. I just, yeah. uh,
1: it must be hard, sort of. I like—it's been an issue in his entire career and something that hasn't really been able to correct, like him it'd certainly play on you wouldn't it like when you're lining up for goal like i don't know you're you know you're you're the key forward here when it comes to converting set shots but like it's got to play in your mind surely all the time because they talk about it on like a Dermie was uh commentating it and yeah like he just obviously he's always got something to say about how he's holding the ball or you know whatever is the drop drop of the ball under the foot as it goes through the motions but yeah those couple of sprays you just he, he kind of looks unfazed about it because obviously he's what he's 32, so he's been playing for what 12 12 or so years. However long he's been in the system, but credit to him though, his marking, as you said, on a dewy night was pretty pretty amazing. And yeah, to think that he didn't have some sort of you know r- bloody velcro grip like on his grip hands, also. like yeah. <laughs> it's, it was. Uh, yeah, no, it did did make him look pretty good. But I think as as I mentioned earlier, I think that he will be good. If there's a couple of other forwards, like key presence forwards, that are going to actually do some damage for Gold Coast, I think he can have a role there. He can still take a good defender and and have some sort of impact. So, but yeah, as you said, it's uh, yeah, nothing like AFL watching Casbolt spray and cross the face of goal. So, but I don't know. I don't know about you. I, we we're chatting before the podcast, but not much to be pissed off? No, <laughs> and that was, is that just is that, ones. is that now just being relaxed because we've won a flag and I we can kind so. of just I reckon it we can has just been. just sit been and- back
0: yeah i think that's it now i don't yeah i show nowhere near as much emotion during these type of games now because i mean for one if we were you know I mean, we're down at times or like you know only ever so slightly up and we kick you i'll be like you know i'll be like oh yeah well done awesome but usually i'd be like yeah come on and get excited <laughs> and be just you know and it's a bit more yeah. now. like I, even at the bulldogs game like i was you know i mean when we're down and when we hit back up i was like yeah come on but you know when it was just sort of easy going it's just you know, I think you're just sort of lapping it up and just really just embracing it. Like, you're not sort of stressing yourself out sort of thing. You know, you're just constantly like, yeah, I reckon yeah, we're a good chance here. You know, I think, you know, we're doing the right thing still. But, yeah, just finding a way to get the job done, I think that's yeah. the thing. Like, I think we went there expecting that to happen as supporters. And I think the players were just, you know, obviously they were confronted by a very hungry Gold Coast side and, you know, they kept them off. So... Yeah, not much to be pissed off
1: about. No. That. The only the only other thing I was thinking of, I think, and something that I've noticed towards the end of the game and, and honestly, you watch watch the game and watch the footage, the players are absolutely cooked by the fourth mm. quarter. Like they are absolutely drained and you know, and the sweat's just absolutely you know, beating down their faces like they're so tired and exhausted. I think just the humidity gets to them. But just some of our use probably going inside fifty, I thought could have been cleaned up. Like we talked we touched on the marks before so only the five marks or six marks inside 50 as opposed to gold coast's 10 and um, probably what nine of them with Casbolt or whatever it is but and i just think that some of our delivery inside 50 we seem to overcook a lot of those entry kicks like we missed some of our key targets the, the communication between some of the leads wasn't there Jaden Hunt was uh, was on the on the bad end of a couple of those where he yeah, didn't have the greatest inside kick. We know that kicking's not his uh, not his best skill uh, in, in the game. But uh, yeah, a couple of those things where we probably could have tidied up some of those entries and, and probably put, put the game to rest a little bit sooner, whether it had been in the third quarter or early in the fourth, because we kicked, what, five behinds in that last quarter and certainly had some opportunities to ice it probably a little bit earlier because, yeah, the game was still on the balance with what, five, six minutes to go, and then they don't kick that uh, that goal to bring it back to 13, you know, I think, what, with about a minute to go. So, game was clearly decided by them, but yeah, certainly opportunities there, but I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. I think, as I've said, flag's got us relaxed, but also, we kind of, now, it's just about banking these wins, however it is, not worried about uh, what fashion it's in. We saw a really good team performance last week against a really top quality side, and, and the Previous year's grand finalists, um, well, you know, the <laughs> the ones we defeated, we know them pretty well. But yeah, I think these are early games, as long as we're getting the four points on the board... Uh, I think it's when it comes to those last like six to eight rounds that you sort of watch how our team's performing and also gives our team a bit of a chance to get as we mentioned before with the forward line getting some maybe trying some new things getting some new looks in and just of seeing what sort of things they can keep up their sleeve for later in the season when it gets down to the yeah the gritty business so no pretty happy on all fronts there so we can uh, yeah we'll, uh, we'll leave it there
0: it's that time of the week where we give our most underrated player votes of the year award which is a three two and one system now we are on the clock mate so we have to go nice and quick you know you got a maximum of 20 to give your reasons so our hop underrated player of the year award for one vote for yourself for the weekend's game is uh gave it to Cosy. great to see him up at his
1: pressure best you know 21 pressure acts five tackles and he also hit the scoreboard kicking two goals one so great to see him there uh not an underrated player as we talked about but he had an underrated performance and yeah, great to see him there
0: awesome great choice, mate uh next uh, number one vote or vote for me will be adam tomlinson 23 disposals nine marks i feel like he intercept well with those 10 intercept disposals and also uh was able to keep uh, the goal goes forwards relatively quiet.
1: Uh, for my two votes, similar backman, uh, hand in hand. Goes, uh, Stephen May, I thought, was just, yeah, absolutely elite down back. Um, I honestly don't know where he ranked in the best of. I, I sort of didn't look at that. But I just think that his performance, we, I think we get too used to his high performance down there. And I think, yeah, it certainly needs a bit of a shining light on again just to just to recognize how good he is. So, no, I thought he was great.
0: Great choice, mate. My two votes goes to Tommy Sparrow. I thought he was unreal Um, was able to have the 18 disposals but also uh, be quite clean around the ground as well
1: well now the big guns and there was a huge call for this player last last week and probably devastated that we uh, well not devastated but yeah unfortunately we couldn't include everyone but my three votes goes to Alex Neil Bullen uh, this week I just think that Again one of those up
0: last week what are we doing <laughs>
1: no nah, look but it was I think leading the nine tackles was huge so I led the team in tackles he had 23 pressure acts and I think just again his composure um, under duress is, is again week on week is outstanding he, he always makes great decisions with the ball he's always hard at the contest and he yeah I, I, can, continues to impress me as a consistent player who has just grown so much and just really perfected his role in the side.
0: It's, so, it's, it's such a weird one. I mean, I was talking to a friend, just sorry to go off track slightly here. I thought the I was, time was on. I was talking to a friend about, oh, well, hang on, this go, can go, go in part of mine. But no, I was talking to a friend and he's like, oh, who's this guy? I'm like, this is Alex Neil Bullen. He's he's ridiculously underrated, but quite highly rated now as, you know, in our folk or in, at Melbourne. So, you know, it, it was it was interesting to just to hear, you know, he's like, who's, who the hell is this guy? I'm like, you know, that's Nibbler. That's yeah. Nibbler. Is about to chomp <laughs> in your ankles. No, nah. All right. Um, My three <laughs> votes, big one. Talking about him already on the podcast, mate, and that is Jake Bowie taking on that Salem role and severely, or not really, pretty hard to say severely, but underrated for his impact on the game. Just, you know, he might only get the 15, 20, but to have 34, the well, lose unreal.
1: Yeah. Nah, huge. So, yeah, well, think about it. I don't think that, did we have any double ups from last week? I don't think, I don't think we did. It's new, one. It's a new one. Yeah, yeah, so keep it, keep it leader, nice and close. Leaderboards, uh, leaderboard's going to grow, so yeah, we'll uh, we'll release that uh, where we're at. But I think at this stage, I think thinking back from last week, Joel Smith will still be leading uh, at, with the four votes from last week. But yeah, we'll update that and keep everyone posted on on where that's currently sitting. So yeah, that's the hop in underrated player of the year award for round two. Thanks, Simo. Well, Simon, so we are the podcast for D's fans, by D's fans, and we wouldn't be here without our loyal listeners. And now it's time to hear their thoughts in our next segment, Fugazi. People are only commenting on what they see, um, but internally, it's Fugazi. Can you do your best uh, Matthew
0: McConaughey impression from the of No, I can't, but it's, uh, it goes something like Fugazi is woozy, it's woozy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right, mate. Well, as always, we need the talking points from our round two victory against the Gold Coast Suns. Biggest takeaways from it. Who have we got there first, buddy?
0: Uh, First one comes in from Trish Bullen. Oh, I wonder if there's any relation to that. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Just the way the team stuck to it, doing it the D's way, against a tough tough opposition, humidity, and sweaty conditions, in my opinion. Yeah, definitely. Just stuck at it. Got the job done. Nice one.
1: Really good summary there from Trish. I think it's, yeah... perfectly uh, sums up, I think, the way we've talked about it tonight as well, too. So, yeah, good quality opposition, but got the job done in, yeah, some pretty interesting conditions as well, too. Next we have from uh, Alan Bain, said, Bowie definitely needs to be recognized for last night's game. Thought his possessions were well-timed and well-executed. And I'm also going to chuck in here, Greg Fury also commented that Bowie is the new Salem. So, yeah, we sort of <laughs> had that sort of brief conversation before that he, I think he really well in Salem's absence, is is going to uh, really capitalise on that opportunity there, and we can certainly uh, rely on him to be that really clean ball user off half back and get things going, and especially whether it's moving the ball forward or, or taking control when things are yeah a little bit heated or under contest. So you talked about him before; you gave him your three votes. Outstanding young man, outstanding young player. This the team and the coaches know why he's playing his game and why he's performing so well at this level at such a young age. So no. Extremely keen to see what this young man can continue to do for the red and blue.
0: Hundred percent. I think he'd be the new inspiration for my nephews, being both redheads um, and shorter, shorter stature. So yes, he's uh, definitely going to be one of those uh, redheads that really propel uh, the generation. Um, <laughs> now we're about fun one take. But anyway, all right. Next one. next one comes in from Jeremy Mitchum. I love this one actually. So good to be. Uh, so good to be banking wins whilst the remainder of the top four from last year's struggle, um, especially the Bulldogs and also Port Adelaide. And I'll tell you what, what a boil over, by the way. Hawthorne to go across to Adelaide and think, you know, they're usually pretty flat-track bullies. They usually take care of sides like that. And for Hawthorne to go over there and win by 10 goals, what a great, great so- a sign to see. I think it's good seeing those teams uh, battle and even Essendon, another one, um, which we'll touch on very soon, being on too. I think it's... You know, it's good seeing these bottom-tier sides that are going to cause a bit of trouble, but, you know, hopefully it's not against us.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's exactly right. I think Geelong's always still one to be wary of. I mean, we saw what they did. uh, We saw what they did to Essendon last week, but also, yeah, for them to come up against, and you briefly talked about Sydney at the top of the pod sydney uh looking extremely dangerous extremely potent isaac heaney again we talked about those players that are really breaking the mold oh, okay, yeah. and sort of emerging mm-hmm. as absolute superstars of competition he is looking absolutely unbelievable as well too so nice, he's nice someone... having him in Supercoach. Yeah. Nice to talk <laughs> oh, about him. I bet. did you pick him was he uh, expensive
0: uh yeah about 450 but he's hit
1: 142 x in a row mate so yeah, yeah. No, no, hits the scoreboard and definitely yeah, so... watch out and i have no sympathy for port adelaide or any... Oh, dare I In say Western Bulldogs to say what? Well, yeah, power pepper, but uh, <laughs> but also even the doggies like Carlton, you know, getting the job done on Thursday night against against the Dogs, who really didn't look very much like themselves up until the last quarter mm-hmm. anyway, and they certainly had a number of chances to get back on top in that game as well, too. So, no, absolutely, we talked about the importance of getting early wins and keeping that momentum. doesn't matter how it's done. We're going to keep banking these four points. And, yeah, thanks to everybody that contributed to that. Awesome. Uh, We're we're pleased with where we sit. We understand there's going to be some hype around how we're playing, but we also want to just take it, you know, one week at a time. And coaches say that a lot, and, and people, and it's just the reality. You can't look too far ahead.
0: Blockbuster game, Friday Night Lights at the MCG, Melbourne versus Essendon. You know, we're hoping, you know, it could be 50,000, 60,000, you know, hopefully 45,000 Melbourne fans absolutely screaming their lungs out. You know, let's get behind the boys because, you know, up against a big old foe, foe, we need to be outnumbering and this is one game we want to get to and, you know, really drive our force and make the MCG uh, absolute hell to come to. So, yeah. I see what you did there. Absolute help, like nice that one. one, very good, like that one. But um, okay, coming up against the Dons, mate. It's you know we've got a close look here at the Dons. If you know they've come up against you know pretty tough opposition, Geelong, um, and also the Lions. The Lions coming over and knocking them off at, um, at Marvel was a pretty solid win on the weekend. But you wonder what what were the Dons doing? Why, why were not they playing on Lock and Ear? So I hope I hope they do the same to us. I hope they leave Petrarca and Oliver just do what they want. That'd be awesome and this this game is an interesting one you look at last year they went really close with they pushed something there might have been nine points or you know around the two goal mark so you know they're not going to die wondering i think it's going to be you know it could potentially be a close game or you don't even know there's you know defined factors you look you know your stringer fit enough to play is you know we've just come to you know to realize that uh Zach Merritt has done a stysmosis injury. He's looking at two months on the sidelines. So, you know, he's a huge, huge out for them. You know, does Darcy Parrish step up to the other players? You know, obviously other players are gonna to have to step up, but you know, it's, a, it's an intriguing contest again. I think, you know, we've got a bit of history um in recent times against the Dons. I remember when they knocked us off with all their top up players and I was absolutely distraught when it happened and Mark you know, Jamer you look back at the Mark Jamer, <laughs> Jamer running around, big Russian. <laughs> The Russian and even, um, even the Christian Salem goal with you know, was it like 20 seconds left? That was incredible. I think that was, was in, that was Salem's debut actually. season, that's right. Yeah, um, so yeah, a little bit, uh, a little bit of background and history yeah. there, which is interesting. No, um, in the 2000 grand final, so but uh, um, oh, well, yeah, interesting, right. yeah, we are going back. <laughs> Righto. Interesting game, mate. Interesting game, um, changes, you know, it's it's one where I Haven't actually really looked into it, but you know, is Jake Lever close? Is is he close to coming back? You know, who eventually when it does happen, who goes out? You know, just you know, is it you know, is it one of the tall? It would have to be one of the talls, I'd say, because you probably couldn't play Smith, Tomlinson, May and Lever all in the same side. It would just be an absolute logjam. But you know, we've seen Smith being able to play on small, so you know, it's an interesting one. You know, there's you know, we're injury free from the from the week, so which was nice. Uh, you know what's going to happen, mate? Is is Lee going to be fit? It's going to be one that we're going to closely monitor. Is are we going to ease him back in? Is what's going to happen?
1: Yeah, I, look, I don't think that'd be. I think you want to make sure that he's right first. I, certainly, if he's available for selection, you obviously obviously pick him in a heartbeat. I think that probably I, I would say that Tomlinson's probably the unlucky one. He's had some really good form in those two weeks, but I think probably not starting in the team round one and sort of coming in as that emergency uh, or. It's, Sorry, yeah, for that late change, for Lever going out. Sorry, of course. Uh, yeah, probably is the only thing I'm thinking of. I think that if anyone on form, I don't know, I, I questioned him last week and you sort of went to his rescue. I still think Jaden Hunt's game wasn't amazing on the weekend as well too. And maybe if Hibbard's coming in, then it could be somebody that Hibbard does replace. Obviously, there's a lot of loss there in speed uh, when you're looking at that. But I think Smith... As you mentioned, I think he's got that ability to play tall and small, and I think they really want to give him a great opportunity to try and prove himself, get him a few games under his belt, and hopefully, given that he's had such a rotten luck with injuries in the past, hopefully to get some continuity with him. And I think that the D's plan at this stage is to stick with Smith. So I think if anything... Lever comes in for Tomlinson if he's fit. If Hibbard's right to go, I think they've got to look at Hibbard or Hunt. I think it's one of those two, mm. potentially, because with Rivers that now backing in, mm. Rivers has now got that dash and he's got that speed. It's not quite the same wheels as what Hunt does, but he's obviously mm. a better user of the ball uh, when he's kicking it with or, or using it by hand. So I think... That's what I'd probably be looking at. I I can't see any other changes elsewhere unless there's some force change that we have to make. (laughs) Mitch Brown. (laughs) Mitch Brown coming in. He gets his old son. Because I think T-Mac as well, and we sort of talked about this before the pod, I think, I don't reckon we were recording. I think you sort of talked about where T-Mac's sitting. A lot was asked of him on the weekend in terms of playing, starting back and then floating back up forward. And I think that he, yeah, I don't think he's going to be one that's going to lose his spot early on. So I think... Uh, whether it's he goes and starts back up forward because Lever comes back in, we could see a bit of shifts in the magnets there. So see what happens. But no, it's going to be a cracking game Friday night. Hopefully gonna get there, uh which yeah, as we said we're gonna show up in droves, which would be great. Uh, of course it's our, our hop our sponsors, it's it's the uh it's the rivalry between the fantastic owners of Hop End, Mike and Jody, you know, Essen and Versus Melbourne. So hopefully we we'll get a chance to catch up with them this week and see uh mm-hmm. see how they're feeling because obviously I think bombers are gonna be hungry. Zero and two coming mm-hmm. off uh yeah, coming off a couple of losses there and they were looking to get their season back on track uh they've got a lot of expectation and their supporters we know how loyal and how passionate they are they're going to be out there and, and yeah wanting to see them get the ball uh, rolling and, and get a couple of, and get a win on the board so no huge huge match as you said a lot of nostalgia a lot of history even going back to 2000 <laughs> as you mentioned but <laughs> that's right no big good game big game
0: um, yeah, at the end of the day what's what's your predictions mate it's uh Another one of those games where, you know, it could be just to say, just get the job done, just find a way to get the four points. And oh, it would be cool to hear your insiders, you know, left to center prediction for the game as well. Oh,
1: left to center. All right. Well, let's go Ds by 27, I think. Uh, it could be It could be a bit of a shootout potentially, depending on the conditions, Friday night. But And let's go left to center. Uh, oh, geez, you bloody picked me on the. Spot
0: there. Who's gonna Who's
1: uh, gonna bob up, mate? Who's gonna Who's gonna keep the winning score? Let's go. For us? Oh no, no! I'm, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Clary comes. I'm gonna say that Bombers put a bit of work in the track and can't say they they slow him down too much. Well, let's say Clary sort of gets back and, and, and maybe takes a bit of the limelight in in the middle. I reckon maybe uh maybe for this mm-hmm. game potentially and sort of gets a bit unleashed. I think, yeah, slipped under the radar. I reckon of the rounds one and two. Yeah, good call,
0: mate. Yeah. What about you?
1: Quickly. One minute. <laughs> quickly, to go. Uh,
0: Fritter. Fritter kicks a bag. I reckon yep. he comes in and kicks five. Yeah, nice one. And Margin? Did you say that? No, I haven't said margin. Um <laughs> that's a tough one. I am gonna go Melbourne by nineteen. I reckon yep. I can now push us for a bit and yeah, we'll find a way. Yeah, absolutely. Could be wrong. Could be wrong. Could could be <laughs> if if the dons aren't up for it, then you know it could be all hell could break loose, mate. no, there he goes again. <laughs> there he goes again. <laughs>
1: Right, see, so, mate. Well, that's it for another week. I think, uh, yeah, we've done, we've done all right. We've we've, we've kept it under wraps. We've, well, we've stuck to a reasonable time tonight, which is good. Sunday night's always. Uh Always great chatting with you about another day's win. And yeah, looking forward to a huge game on Friday night. Thanks to all of our listeners. Don't forget you can subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Apple, or Google. And you can feel free to leave us a review or drop us some feedback. We're on Twitter at to on Facebook, Instagram, or you can shoot us an email at pod at gmail.com. A big thanks again to our sponsors, Hand Brewing, Lillardale, Simo. All the best for this week, mate. Hopefully, uh, yeah, catch up for a beer maybe on Friday before the game. But yeah, looking forward to uh, looking forward to the week and looking forward to the big blockbuster clash on Friday night. Uh, back at the home of footy, as you mentioned, we've got all this primetime footy coming up the next few weeks. All these night games, so it'll be nice to, um, yeah, fingers crossed, get there uh, in front of the crowd and yeah, hopefully see the D's roll over the Dons. That's
0: it. Get there, D's fans. It's a home game, so no excuses. Big crowd. Let's get yeah. Uh, let's get loud.
1: Yeah, absolutely. All right. Thank you, everyone, and we will speak to you. Oh, I always what I always say. I feel like I'm talking to these people on the phone. Like I say, yeah, we'll speak to you soon. Like yeah, or you'll see us soon. But they're not going to see us soon.
0: But Uh, man, we could be seeing. We could be seeing some local listeners. You know, some fans in the stands. Could be. Could be for some some Roman detail. We could be seeing some Roman detail. Roman detail.
1: roaming detail. Yeah. Could be roaming. (laughs) David Neat's terrace. David needs oh, terrace, a, absolutely. Oh, That's we'll like, make it happen. I like that. Well, make it happen. Yeah, make it happen. <laughs> All right, mate. Thank you. Go days, everyone.
0: Other days, give them out.